Good day, everybody. Um, this is the sorry Wednesday of the fourth week of Lent. Uh, we are working from the book by Richard Raw called Wondrous Encounters, Scripture for Lent. <coughs> Pardon me. Our title today, The Soul Needs Images and Imaging to Know Things. And our scripture is Ezekiel 47, 1 to 9, and verse 12, and John chapter 5, 1 to 16. And I will read you the commentary. Um, it is a little bit on the long side, but it's worth listening to. <clears throat> Gosh, if I get through it. Human lives are made of moments, incidents, happenings, and what become anecdotal events, some of which we generalize about and make into full belief systems. Art, pictures, snapshot biographies, metaphors and stories have the ability to do this very quickly and deeply for us. They touch and gather the unconscious much more than concepts do. <clears throat> Once we can coalesce our varied experiences into a picture, it has much more power for us to either heal us or hurt us, or at least change us. The Bible, of course, is hoping to present us with some healing stories and images that allow us to reconfigure our life in God and in truth. One of those deeply healing metaphors is water, and we see it in both readings today. Ezekiel pre presents water flowing from every side of the temple as the source of life, endless fertility. All living creatures, fish and trees, whose fruit shall serve for food and their leaves for medicine. What an excellent image of divine abundance and the universal flourishing that comes from it. In John's Gospel, we see another image of fruitful and healing water, fittingly, fittingly called Beth, Bethesda, Bethesda, sorry, I can't say that word, Bethesda or House of Mercy. Now we have the healing waters available and bubbling. A House of Mercy for sure. But a man who is right there is not making use of it. He is paralyzed as much in spirit as in his body. This is the real sin and tragedy that he must be healed of. He is playing the victim. I have no one to plunge me into the pool. By the time I get there, someone else has always beaten me to it. And he has been saying this for 38 years. <clears throat> so Jesus orders him up and tells him to pick up his mat and walk for himself. Jesus mirrors his best self for this man. He empowers him and gives him back his own power. He images him, he images him. He gives the man back to himself by giving him 
his self, that is Jesus' self. This is the way it has to happen because we all begin to see ourselves as other people see us, for good and for ill. With Jesus, it is always for good, but such perfect mirroring also carries further relationships and responsibilities with it. He warns the man not to turn back to his paralysis or something worse will overtake you. This regressive restoration of the old persona is a very common pattern when we are sent out into new and risky worlds and when we have to take responsibility for ourselves when we must stand courageously, when we must courageously face our own lives and stand on our own courageous feet. There are few honest guidelines like Jesus at this point. Most will tell you to take good care of yourself and pad your false self. Jesus never does that. Such regressive restoration of persona commonly happens to both individuals and also to institutions as we continually see in our country, our social groups, and even more sadly, in our churches. They too often go back to nostalgia for the past and victimhood for the future in lieu of courage and guidance. We need healing images and courageous people to image us at our best. Nothing will invite us into the flowing waters from the temple and the always bubbling, always bubbling pool of divine mercy. Many never take the risk and remain spiritual infants even much beyond 38 years. <coughs> the two excerpts of the readings, <coughs> Ezekiel 47 uh, verse 4, I apologize for my throat, my voice this morning. He made me wade through the water, which was now knee deep. Again he measured off a thousand cubits and made me wade again, and the water was up to my waist. And then uh, from John, a rather angry Jesus says, Do you want to be healed? Then stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. That's John 5, verse 7 and 9. So, let's go back and see what we can make of this. I'm watching the time today. Um, So... We tend to be influenced by things that have touched us in our lives, experiences we've had, um, listening to beautiful music or looking at a beautiful painting, um, stories. Many stories have a message and they influence us. And this form of communication, shall we call it, generally 
touches us much deeper than mere words. So, so Richard Raw is, is drawing on these experiences um, to show us how the Bible uses that form of literature, of writing, to touch us deeply in places and allow us to reconfigure our life in God and in truth. Because this is, after all, what is the purpose of the Bible, to share the Word of God so that we can embrace it, not just listen to it and then discard it, but embrace it and take the next step in our spiritual journey. And he tells us how Ezekiel and John use uh, the metaphor of water. Now, the metaphor of water is used for life in Jesus in many, many places in the Bible. Um, What comes to mind is in Revelation, the tree of life next to the river, which is so bountiful in in its fruit and in its growth. And uh, what about the the, uh, Samaritan woman at the well? where Jesus tells her that she, if she drinks of the living water, um, she will never thirst again because she will be filled with, with God <coughs> and his gift of eternal life. So often you find, especially in the Bible, these stories and these parables of water as a healing a growing, feeding element. Um, And then we go into John's Gospel and we hear the story of the man uh, sitting, you know, quite far away from from the bubbling waters, the healing waters. And he, and I never saw this story in this way. I only saw this story as an act of compassion. But if you look at the, um, the, the grammar in the, in the way the Bible is written, the exclamation marks, um, you can actually hear that Jesus is angry. Do you want to be healed? Question mark. Why would he say that um, if he didn't... If he didn't believe, if he believed that the man needed to be healed, um, he says, "Do you want to be healed? Then stand up and pick up your mat and walk!" Exclamation mark. So, um, you know, and uh, what what Jesus what is trying to be is illustrated here is is that this man has a very big sin that needs to be. Healed, and that is the sin of um, not wanting to go forward and heal himself, not trying to, not taking the initiative or the effort to get himself to the pool. Over 38 years, he has lain there and just waited for someone to help him, and maybe nobody helped him because they knew that he actually was able to get there. He just wanted attention and um, um, yeah 
doesn't sound very nice, but one does start to question, you know, why was he there for 38 years and he had never been helped to the pool? Um, and Jesus orders him to pick up his mat and go into the water. So his, his sin, he, the, he's being used to illustrate that um, when we ignore the call of God, when we um, are reluctant to hear his voice, and to move forward in our spiritual journey, then God says that is a very big sin because we we know we have access to to the knowledge. Um, we probably have felt the call and the pull of Jesus into the spirit the world of spirituality, and yet for some reason, very often it's because it's not the um, it's not the thing to do in society. It's not the thing that society will applaud, but may even um, tease you on. Um, <clears throat> especially these days, uh, people who are spiritual tend to be thought of as um, you know a bit peculiar. <laughs> I can't actually find the right words this morning, but you know to. In, what we need to do is not hear those uh, words of criticism uh, and go forward. Take the take our courage. He talks about courageous feet. He he talks about um. Just a second. Um, yeah, our courageous feet. We must take our responsibility for ourselves and our spiritual journey. We must take. Uh, we must do new things which often we don't want to do and uh, and go into risky spaces in order to uh, courageously face our own lives um, and our lives that we can have in Christ. Um, this is the pas- passage where uh, um, Richard Raw points out the real sin of this paralyzed man. He says, he is paralyzed as much in spirit as in his body. This is the real sin and tragedy that he must be healed of. He's playing the victim. I have no one to plunge me in the pool. By the time I get there, someone else has always beaten me to it. And he's been saying it for 38 years. So if you take away anything from this reading, take away the fact that we, we, we should not stall in in the presence of the call of God um, and I think many of and, and many of us do and many of us for the main reasons is because we don't want to be ridiculed by our friends and secondly because we just do not do change well okay and if you don't overcome those things within you that stop you from getting closer to God when he has reached out his hand that is the sin that you need to be healed of. And um, it's 15 minutes, so I'm going to go on now and just read you the starter prayer. Healing God, give me the courage to move forward and help me to see that my deepest sin might be my unwillingness to keep growing. Lovely prayer. I'll read it again. Healing God, Give me the courage to move forward 
and help me to see that my deepest sin might be my unwillingness to keep growing. And once again, I encourage you to try to expand on that passage, uh, write about it, think about it, and see how you can place it into your own world and make it very meaningful for you. And with that I say God bless and Amen.